podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to the of the World Cup. It's me, Chris Brack, and it's him, Kev O'Sullivan. Kev, we're back again. I feel like I've not seen you for like an hour. An hour, yeah, it's been, it's been like a lifetime. <laughs> been like a lifetime. lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> you, you wish it was longer, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> but, tell me about it. But, you know, well, we'll have a talk about the World Cup, which would be really good because you've missed the first two games, and unfortunately they were the best two games. Yeah, and it looks game. like they were the best two games of the tournament, to be fair. Um, I mean, I don't know which one you're going to start. I mean, to well, should, we start, Cameron... start, should we start in the order they came in? Then it's easy. Start in the order they came in, so go on. So, oh, do you not know which order they came in? No, I, <laughs> I just wrote down notes, mate. Yeah. So, first game was Cameroon was versus Ser- Ser- Cameroon. Was Serbia and Cameroon first, yeah? Serbia Cameroon was, was, uh, was first, yeah. So, mad game because um, Mitrovic should have two before. Uh, at nil nil, Mitchell misses two two chances. One's a really good effort, which is a good save, and there was an absolute sitter. He should he should uh, score, and then in the end, a uh, Cameroon go one nil up, which is yeah, it was uh, a really good uh, good. It was a uh, ball into the far post, and he just he just gambled. Cas- it was a Castelletto. He just gambled, and you know it took two flick ons as it came through, and bang, he taps it in one nil, and. It was totally against the run of play from what I was watching. And yeah. It was like Serbia were the dominant side, but bang, one nil down. Um and then two goals in it, two goals in injury time. Two goals in injury time, yeah, at the end of the first half. First one's a really good header. It's yeah, a really the second one was a lovely hit as well from Milinkovic Savage. Um, Should the keeper do better? It's quite close to him. It's close to him, but it was still hit. Yeah, I suppose he should do better, but it's one of those that if they if they go in, you're delighted, you take that. And given the situation of the game, you know, you score one, bang, here's a second one. It, and that was the story of the game, as it, it turned out in the second half. It was nuts. Um, Jonathan saying Aguise is, uh, is at fault for both, of the, both goals for him. Um, yeah, I... I don't know. See, this is the thing. I I could I was in work. I could I was only following the scores as they were happening, and I have a phone set for the alerts to go off. And the alert went off for the first one. I thought, oh, yeah, and then it went off like a minute, it's a couple of minutes later. And oh, I've already had that one. And I looked at it. It's like wow, two one. And it's like this is typical. You know what I mean? On a Monday, a Monday morning, we're all sat in work and. You know, it it's crazy, but yeah. And then they make it three uh, one tonight. It's a, it's a really good team move, and it's a nice easy finish for Mitrovic. You know, he gets his goal. You know, and you sort of thinking, yeah. I think that's game. You feel like that's game over a little bit. Long time to go, but you sort of feel like two goal leads in international football that tends to be enough, really. Um, yeah. And then let's talk about the most mad goal ever because it's uh, Abubakar who. Balls play through to him. He looks miles offside. And he does this audaciously odd technique for the chip. Where it was like spoons up in the air. And like you said, Kev, it's because he thinks he's offside. It's like no, you know, like no pressure. Because um, it reminds me a little bit of um, a goal we conceded at home to Napoli a few years back where ball came through to the guy and he thinks he's offside. And he just cracks it so clean. And you think, oh, yeah. The only one else was just it six that are offside. The yeah, chip yeah, yeah. Offside. And then you see him look, and when, as soon as you see the first replay, you're going, 
oh, that look that that, that looks on that. <laughs> Tom, Tom has just thrown a firework into the chat. Tom, we'll get to that in a minute. All right, we will get to that in a bit. All right, uh, because there's 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 strings attached to that one. So, but okay, we will definitely to get to that. Uh, and then Chief uh, Mountain just scores goals, doesn't he? He's just he does, yeah. Goals. No matter, and he's one of those players, right? I mean, he. he he gets all kind of kinds of abuse, but he's had some great moves. He must have a fantastic agent. You know, Tony Beef has not really worked out with Stoke. Yep. And he's at Bayern at the minute. And he's just one of these guys that he just gets a goal. He gets in great positions. He'll miss more than he'll ever score. Yeah. But he gets in a position to miss them all the time. And this one went in, and here you are, 3-3. Three, three. And it's like, the way the group is set up really now, Brazil, Brazil, look, we can touch, chat about the Brazil game. Let's do the Brazil that game next then, because they're all... The- it was one, it was an absolute bore fest. Casemiro scored an absolute belter in 83 minutes and jumped up. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a lovely volley. Uh, we get the Vinicius Junior offside goal as well. Yeah. The, but- which, when you, which when you watch, you think, what's, when you see the replay, you know. Yeah. He's miles off Richardson, and he, and yeah, he does yeah. come back. So he, he gets a tackling, which sets the goal. Yeah. So it definitely is, um, yeah. you know, it's an easy offside. But the Casemiro finish is ridiculous. Outside the foot, absolute. He just hit it. He just hit it, didn't he? He just absolutely twatted it. But the thing is, that's the technical term for it. Twatted. Yeah. <laughs> on the on the offside, the amount of people I saw online complaining that that goal was given as offside and complaining about VAR, actual blue check. Journalist complaining that it was given as offside. Well, you see the first replay going. He's two off. yards. He's two three yards offside. He runs back to an onside. He runs from an offside with an onside. Tackles someone and sets yeah. up the goal. If he doesn't make it's that, right. if he doesn't make that tackle, the ball never gets through to him. It's not like a oh, did he? Did he not touch it? He tackles him. It's it's an easy offside when it you see the ridiculous. replay. It was ridiculous that it's even a discussion. The thing is, that is the whole most, point. Most of most those journalists. I guarantee you now, if that was given against England, ah, lynch mobs and all sorts yeah. of this going, going, oh, he's miles off. It's, it, sometimes it's just an excuse to moan because it's easy. And listen, yeah. there's plenty of VAR references we could talk about, which are shite. Yeah, oh, but I'm just looking at the Casemiro goal there again. It was the outside of his right foot. He was falling away. And the way he cut, it was perfect because he just cut it and went into the side there. And it was an absolute peach of a goal. And to be fair, Brazil were the better side by a country mile. Switzerland were awful. They were negative, boring. They had no invention. They'd... And to be fair, I understand. I mean, the balance Switzerland, of the game changed. Switzerland just like, don't get beat. Yeah. I think Switzerland was out for, don't get, don't get a heavy defeat and we'll yeah. take our chance. We'll take our chances against um, Serbia. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things, right? I mean, the thing is, the game changed on the substitutions when Fred went off. But you look at the balance of the side tonight comparing to the balance of the side the first game where they played Neymar as like a, a third midfielder and um what's his name from West Ham Pat oh he's Jonathan's a great shout there Poborski 96 style that second goal yeah that's a beautiful that's a perfect way to that is exactly it, it the, uh, the, the, the scoop chip one. yeah but I'm oh, convinced he only did that finish because he was he thought he was offside I like well, got the press stuff then, isn't it? I'm not sure yeah. you do that when you know you're through, you know what I mean? Yeah. But listen, but he took goal. Good goal. It was a really good goal. And this is the guy who is uh, 
Salah's looking at most Salah and he'd like I don't rate him the only reason I'm not getting the credit that Salah gets is because I'm playing in the lower league and this and that and the other stop crying you know, at the end of the day, you're playing in the lower league for a reason kiddo but on the Brazil one you look at the balance of the side to head out with Fred Casemiro and um, the guy who's at West Ham now the West Ham signed in the summer and his name just escapes me at the minute his name has gone from him at the second oh you mean um, it'll be in a minute as well but okay, that well, three in midfield gives you a, a really Paqueta. good balance. Paqueta, yeah, it gives you a really good balance of you know defense and attack. So, so you can play like that for an hour, make the change, and they make the change. They bring Bruno Gomes on, and suddenly they're just more fluid. They brought Rodrigo um, on at half time, didn't they? Yeah, it's like they got an embarrassment of riches in that side, and it looks like at the minute they're one of these sides that I think if you go. If you try to go after them, they'll crucify you on the counter. And if you try to sit in, they'll cut you through with clever passing and movement and pace. They really do look in a good position in the, in this World Cup. They're one of the they're one of the favourites for sure. You know, there, there's probably three standout sides so far in this tournament, and uh, they're definitely one of them. You know, yeah. it's but. Let's let's go to the middle. Let's go to the second game because this was yeah. also a cracker. This had all sorts, of, and even managers getting sent off. <laughs> yeah, so, I didn't. <coughs> I, I saw the highlights. I've seen the goals, but and I've seen what the managers got sent off for now as well. So I'll go through that with you as well. And it's uh, just to, just to put paint the picture. Anthony Taylor is the referee. Which when I tell you what the manager got sent, what the manager got sent off, you'll probably start with the manager. But it was a mad game, like wasn't it? Because um, Korea started quite well, but um, too early. Korea got, absolutely too... dominated the first twenty minutes. You know, and then they had... gets one. Yeah, Salisu gets one, opens the scoring, and it's from then on, it was a madness. Um, the one player that I really like the look of is Mohamed Kudus, and I've liked the look of him since before we played Def- Ajax. Just a little deft touch, and that—that's all it needs. It just the, the cross was brilliant. He just needed a touch, and you're going two 0 This is going to be interesting. The positions he gets into, mate. It's like he arrives into the box at the right time more often mm. than not. He's such—he's got such quick feet, and he's a unit as well. Yeah, and he looks like he can play anywhere mm. across the front three. I don't know where he's not going to be at Ajax for long. I don't know where he ends up. I think. From the rumours that I've seen online, it looks as though uh, Dortmund are, are definitely sniffing. Um, would be a very typical Dortmund signing, to be fair. It would they? be a very typical typical Dortmund signing, to be honest. And let's face it, they're going to have money, money to spend, and they definitely need a forward option. Then they do like an IX player. You know, mm. it's um, he looks like he's going to be a star, and he's a, it looks like he's a star in the making. That. He's one of these players that when this World Cup is done and dusted, he'll be one of those that um, their reputation has definitely been enhanced by by this tournament. He's he's yeah. done really, really well. Um, of optimistic, uh, Ghanaian says, I like Lamptey, but he really struggled in the second half. I think he's another right back who would have people shouting he can't defend. I think the thing is with Tariq Lamptey is he's not getting enough games at Brighton and he's not getting enough games at Brighton for a reason. 
you know, Graham Potter didn't pick him as much as what people expected him to. I feel and like the new guy's not picking him either. I always feel like he's minutes being managed because he's picked up a lot of hamstring injuries. Yeah, but well. at the same at the same time, mate, you play him and you give him an hour and you take him off if that's the case. I wonder if he's a bit like a, a Nico. He's a bit, he's yeah. more of a wing back than a fullback. Yeah, but Brighton play with wing backs, and to be fair, I think it's one of those that I don't know. I think he looks really good on the eye, but. I honestly think that he's going to have a problem. I think he's he's probably only about five foot seven, five foot eight. Yeah, and I think for a fullback, for a modern fullback in this day and age, he would be targeted massively. Of course, he would. You know, people yeah. say that Trent or, Trent is targeted. Trent is still decent in the air, but Trent is targeted because he bombs on so much. You know, Lamptey would be doing the same. That's why you have to play him in a back three. Uh, you have to play him as a wing back that you can't depend on him being that um out and out right back you know it and it, and i think he's suffering in this tournament mainly because of the um the lack of football and the fitness it's telling in this heat and mm. if you got an into in game like you had today he's definitely going to suffer and look at who he was playing up against young minson you know he's not going to he he won't take any prisoners Exactly, yeah. but let's talk Korea. Then so Korea second half. Uh, Cho to go two goals in a, in about three minutes. I think he scores the first one. Nice, nice position for the for the striker. Middle of six yard box. Nice little flick header. You think two one game on, and the second one, the, the the winger does well to get the crossing, loops it in, and he comes running in and crashes it. Now I don't know what it is, but I think it's because the keeper dives backwards. And then tries to push it up into the air. So you, it looks, it makes the header look so much more powerful because it almost looks yeah. like the headers push the keepers into the goal. <laughs> so it makes the goal look even more spectacular. Yeah. thinking 2 2 game on. You're thinking, well, career in the ascendancy, probably only one winner out of this. And um, it's not, is that, is that Mancunas again? Put some back it, in front. I mean, I mean, Williams tries his best, you know, to do everything but score. It's, it's the biggest air shot you've ever seen, but Kudus keeps his. Composure, it's a nice finish, 3-2, and you're thinking, you know, if you're a career fan, you've done all the hard work to get yourself back into it, and it's um, it's a goal that's avoidable, but it's a nice finish. Yeah, I remember when me and Gav did the predictions for this uh, World Cup for the groups, this was the one that, one of the groups that we looked at and we thought this could go anyway, and so it's proven. I fully expected Portugal to implode. Um, I just had a, a feeling that I think I thought the Ronaldo stuff and playing Ronaldo was going to be a problem for Portugal. And I think it is a problem, but I think it's been masked. Um, I don't think Portugal have been good at all. I think they've got six points. In they've, the been they've been they've, clinical. Yeah, they've they taken the chances where others haven't. But mm. um, between the other three, Ghana, Korea and Uruguay, Ghana sitting on three points is no shock to no one. When you actually look through that squad, there is some serious quality through that squad. Some pace really good young talent. Loads of pace. Loads of pace, pace, power. Which, which will cause everyone issues. Yeah. And I think bringing in Inaki Williams has been um, a revelation. Inaki Williams, for me, is one of the... He's been one of the those steady Eddie strikers in, in La Liga for the last... Well, basically for the last five, six years. Hmm. That he will always get his goals, 
and he's quick and he's strong and he's powerful and he knows his game inside out. And the more he plays with this group of players, the better he'll be. But you look at the, the way this group is set up now, Portugal on six, Ghana on three, Korea and Uruguay on one each. The games to come around Friday with Ghana playing against Uruguay, and I fancy Ghana to win that. Um, Korea against Portugal. I think Portugal will make plenty of changes. Korea will be game. But I think the changes that Portugal will make, I think they'll start with Rafael Leao. I think that will be the more entertaining game out of the two, though. Yeah, it will be, yeah. You're neutral, that's probably will give it a one. right go. Yeah, Korea will give it a right go. And it wouldn't be it wouldn't be uns, it wouldn't surprise me if they turned Portugal over, but at the same time, Portugal would have so many options off the bench to be able to affect the game. But I, I expect Ghana to beat Uruguay. Uruguay have probably been the biggest disappointment in this World Cup so far for me. Well, one off they've anyway. Been, they've been her, they were her, they were horrific today, weren't they? Let's oh, be honest. Yeah. They couldn't keep they couldn't keep the ball, they couldn't pass the ball through the lines. Uh Darwin was awful. Um he's not Cavani, Cavani was off to even Valverde, who you and me are quite a big fans yeah, of, really only looked good it. after the subs. Uh, yeah. The only shining light for Uruguay for, for the full 90 minutes was uh, Benson Cole from Spurs. He was the oh. only real big positive for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's a bit of a one, it was a bit of a one-man crusade because the, the rest of them around him were crap. I would, the only credit you can give to Uruguay was the four subs they brought on at least made them a bit more adventurous and you know they had the half chances then. We had the uh, the the penalty. So but before we'll we get penalty. into that, if you guys in the chat, if you could smash the like button, please, it would really help. And what we're going to do at the end of the show is we're going to uh, give away one of the beanie hats that from the LFC Day Tripper beanie hats that uh, you guys have all seen online. Now you've all seen the photos and that they look absolute quality. I'm still waiting for mine to come through the post, but. Whereas I live out in the sticks in the middle of nowhere, I'm probably going to get mine tomorrow. Most of them, a lot of them came out today and they do look quality. So we're going to be giving one of those away at, towards the end of the show. And if you stay with us, you'll find out how when we get to the end. But yeah. So let's talk, the, about the penal, let's talk penal, about the penalty because Tom Boland, Cat Muscle Pictures, penalty for me, let the row begin. Veranda Cheese has put never a pen. You and me debated it on last show. I went never a pen, and you were like, you can't argue, you can't really argue that it. it's it's a pen. And then Dale from ESPN, yeah, has put out a picture of why it isn't a pen, yeah. and then said it's an it's a FIFA directive why it isn't a pen. So he's yeah. basically FIFA have not followed their own directive, and the FIFA directive is if you're a defender sliding in, you got one hand down, one hand high, the hand that's up in the air. Hits that, it's a penalty, said, because you make it so big. The FIFA director is, the hand that is trailing behind the floor cannot be given as a penalty because it's classed as a support. It's support because it's basically something you've got to land on so you don't fall on your yeah. back. It's, so they've even put their own directive out to say, it's not a pen. And then they varred it, looked at it, not followed their own rules and gone, pen. Yeah. I the mean, to all, be honest, in the, the grand scheme of things... The only thing I'd say... He didn't make it... In the grand scheme of things... No. It's not like it was. That's the game changer. And if it wasn't for that, Uruguay would have gone on. Now Uruguay just no. looked shot the whole game. So, yeah, it's not really a game changer because Uruguay were horrific, and you know they weren't going to get it. But that's the rules as as it stands. And the officials aren't actually sticking to their rules. Well, the only thing that I could say is, you know, when you put your hand down, if you're yeah. in a sliding tackle, you're putting it down to the side. 
all right? He put his arm down in between his own legs to mm. be absolutely sure that if he got nutmegged, that his hand was going to be down and block that ball. I think Possibly. it was very clever. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. But by the letter of the law, by the way FIFA described it, it shouldn't could... have been a pen. But I promise you, that guy knew exactly what he was doing. What I would say is that's probably a defender's going, we we know the new rule, so we know yeah. what we can get away with, which is probably yeah. why they went ballistic, to basically saying like, but you've said that's not allowed. You said that's not a pen. Oh, yeah, back to the career game. Sorry, I'll tell you about this. All right, yeah, go on. So, why why your man got sent off? Uh, not the not the Uruguay game. The you're over your man. Um, so one of the South Korean defenders decides, as defenders do when the eighty yards out, I'll take a pop shot because I it's just a defender thing now. Is it? Let's just take a pop shot from eighty yards. Hits a fella, goes out for a corner, just as the stoppage time ticks over the nine nine minute added time mark. Okay. The English officials. Corner, Korea goes to oh, full time game over. Doesn't let him take the corner. Coach bolts onto the pitch and tells Anthony Taylor what a manx shit house he is. <laughs> Gets sent off because they're going. What's his upset? That's what it was. It was the <laughs> which I know what people say. Letter of the law. It's hit the but the rule is it's minimum added time, and it's it, the last. It almost was, it's. Not quite as bad as the 70s one. Do you remember the Brazil-Sweden game? Yeah. With the uh, Scottish official where he blows up midway through the ball being in the air for a corner <laughs> and Brazil score of it. Which, if you've not seen it, it's worth a YouTube. It's hilarious. It is, yeah. You literally see a blow on the ball's midair. Brazil crashed it in thinking he's won the game. But yeah, so that's why the um, Korean manager got sent off. Which, tragic. That, so. that is proper so. jobs worth refereeing that isn't it yeah that, that's my typical clock, Taylor my clock, though, my isn't it? Like, it is. yeah. you wonder what well, Red Steve with a comment here is it's easy for some fellow watching on TV to say that it was a that it's not a pin but these poor refs have made a snap decision only five minutes after watching multiple replays yeah give them a break I know poor that's refs. the thing because that's what I used to always say before VR which was just like do you know what if he's not seen it or from his angle, he's seen it. You win some, you lose some. It's a fact yeah. of life. When they get like seven or eight replays, you're like, oh, and you still get it wrong. You're like, Jesus, fuck it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would, it would really annoy. I, I don't think. But you know, I, I, and you know, at the start of the game, you get the, the diagram with the officials that are on the pitch. Then you get the the video of the people who are in the VAR room, and there's a team of about five or six people in there with one guy standing behind them. A supervisor, so like, it's not as if it's one man in the in the in the, the canteen shed watching the replays either. It's like there's enough eyes on this to be able to spot it. It's like, yeah, look, I mean, they got it wrong, but I'm glad it wasn't the the game deciding goal because the first goal that came in, Bruno Fernandez whipped a lovely cross in. It's a great finish by Ronaldo, isn't it? Absolutely, it was a great bullet, finish by Ronaldo. Bullet header. Absolute bullet header, wasn't yeah. it? With oh, his wait, hair no. gel just flicked off his hair at the right time to direct the ball. Full Harry Kane did, didn't he? He it's absolutely Harry Kane did. Absolutely Kane did. 100%. I was going to say, because Bruno Fernandes was looking not to get a hat-trick. He was really good today, as much as we all dislike him. Um, he, he's a better really player good. when Ronaldo's not on the pitch. That's just the truth. He gets more freedom and there's better movement in front of him. I think that it creates space. 
It's the I same for Manchester United. Yeah. It's the same um, for Manchester so United. Him leaving United could be a bit the best thing to get Fernandez back to the goal scoring machine he was before he before he was there. Yeah, so he'd probably do him so good. Well, we'll see once Ronaldo, you know, gets you know, once they come back and they decide who they're going to go and get in January. I think that they'll benefit from him not being there. You're also freeing up half a million quid a week in wages that's available to pay to someone or two. So it'll be interesting to see which way they go. But there's so much happening today. And you look at let's bring that up actually, because it's been a quiet it's been a quiet day in the in the world of football, hasn't it? Yeah, there's there's quite so, a bit. You know, in so fairness, you and Dicker brings this up. Uh the Juventus whole board has resigned. Wonder if wonder if they know you know getting relegated again for, for financial troubles. Yeah, it's a big investigation well, isn't there about about their finances, isn't there? I literally just I just look bring this up now. I'm just looking at it in a second. I'll just read this out to you. Okay. Uh, the entire board of directors at Juventus unanimously resigned on Monday. The announcement came after a stunning meeting of the Serie A record holders. Uh, the club has been under investigation by the Turin Public Prosecutor's Office. The allegations include false accounting and market manipulation. Uh, Andrea, Andrea Agnelli and Vice President Pavel Nedved, what a player he was, by the way, uh, along with the rest of the board, have unanimously resigned. Managing Director Maurizio Abervene is set to remain in charge of administrative duties despite also resigning with the club set to fail to fall into significant period of transition. Juventus uh, also saw 2021-22, saw a year of record-breaking losses published by the Turin Club with £220 million worth of losses being registered by the Serie A giants. Now, you couple that on top of everything that's going on at the club, the fact that they're in turmoil on the pitch as well as off it. Yeah, Laszlo's saying there, uh, apparently Allegri has gone this is another route. Uh, I haven't seen anything on Allegri, but it would be... Uh, it would be amazing if Allegri stays, given the fact that any other manager would have got the boot for what's going on on the pitch at the minute. They're in absolute free fall. They... It's not, and it's not the first time that Juventus have been in financial trouble uh, or caused financial trouble. They could not only could could they get relegated, but they could go bankrupt and out of business. Um, they and is dead right. Juve need Man City lawyers. Uh, the thing is, I don't think they can afford them at the minute. I think that's yeah. It's mental. We did. We it is absolutely mental. We said this at the time there. when. Juventus didn't qualify for Champions League. We said it with, I think, Barcelona, a similar state as well. Is I think you're going to see a bit of a fire sale this January. And I, mean, I think with Juventus, I think it's going to be financially needed to balance, to actually balance the books. Yeah. But I think you're going to see some. Well, clubs in, there's more clubs in trouble than you realize, don't you, sometimes with this? Well, I think you're seeing it. Look, you're, you're seeing it in general across economies across Europe and across the world at the minute that the financial realities of COVID. And what happened during COVID are really coming to bear now, and it's no different to football. Football, you had the the extra years grace given by UEFA, and mm. now that that's ending, you know the realities are 
the bills are coming due and some clubs are, aren't in a position to be able to afford them. So, and it's not, and to be honest, Juventus, I mean, Arthur Bell, who's, who's currently on loan with us, there's some creative, I think they got done for some creative accounts between him and the uh, Pjanic deal. So, unfortunately, deal with it, I think that's going to hurt Juventus. It's not the first time they've been accused of financial regularities. I mean, that's where they were in Syria. C wasn't it? Um, well, I think it was time. the last time. Yeah, they were relegated to Serie C, and uh, a few players stayed. Uh, the likes of Gianni Buffon stayed, and a few others stayed. But I mean, they've just moved into a new stadium. They um, there's an awful lot of stuff going on in Italian football at the minute as well. No, they went down to Serie C. Mm. first time um this time i don't know what's going to happen but the the difference between what's going on with um man city being investigated and what's going on with juventus is man city are being invested by investigated by the premier league for the last three years or more juventus are being investigated by the turin prosecutor's office so essentially the Italian government are investigating Juventus for for this and it's not something that they're going to be able to escape it's it's going to be fascinating what happens in the next few days and weeks because the board don't resign en masse on the strength of the moral right thing they've had a whiff of what's coming down the line and what's coming down the line could be really disastrous for that club mm. yeah so it's an it's one of those things to keep an eye, keep an eye on. Uh, and then, oh, the FA Cup draw happened as well. Yeah, the FA Cup uh, as well. That, pro- that proper that proper sailed me by until someone put it in the chat. And I was like, I do you know what it was today. So, Liverpool at home to Wolves. City at home to City at home to Chelsea. And Everton have got United. Or is it United got Everton? One way around. You know, so a few really uh, interesting um, ties there. So, it's going to be some big clubs and Everton. Uh, going out in the third round, so you know it's going to make the FA Cup open up a bit more, isn't it? Oh, it is going to massively open up for sure. I'm just looking at the full draw here now. Uh, you've got Preston against Huddersfield, Middlesbrough, Brighton, Chesterfield, West Brom, Man City, Chelsea, Charlton or Stockport versus Walsall, Boreham against Accrington Stanley, uh, Tottenham versus Portsmouth, Derby against Barnsley, Cardiff, Leeds, that'd be tasty, that'd be tasty. Uh, Brentford against West Ham. That'll be a good one. Yeah. Um, Bournemouth, Burnley, Coventry, Wrexham, uh, Norwich, Blackburn, Villa against Stevenage, Luton against Wigan, Oxford against Arsenal. That's a handy one for Arsenal, to be fair. Fleetwood against QPR, Liverpool against Wolves, Grimsby against Burton, Blackpool against Nottingham Forest, Dagenham and Redbridge, or Gillingham versus Leicester. Forest Green against Birmingham. This is another tasty one. Bristol City against Swansea. So definitely want to see that one as well. Hmm. Hartlepool against Stoke. Hull against Fulham. Palace, Southampton. Millwall, Sheffield United. Shrewsbury, Sunderland. Sheffield Wednesday at home to Newcastle. Manchester United versus Everton. Reading v Watford. Ipswich v Rotherham. Ties to be played the weekend of the 7th of January. So the hope is that we will get a we've got a home draw against Wolves and hopefully it'll be we can debut a new signing or two. 
hopefully. But nice also, one. yeah, that'll be nice. But also, it's a lot of all prem ties, isn't it? You don't, you don't there is, get, yeah. You don't normally get that many on. <coughs> now you always got to get two or three, just under the law of averages. But to get that many is a bit unusual. So yeah, City Chelsea as well. I mean, in fairness, that's a proper. You know, if that was a final, you wouldn't be shocked. You know, mm. but Chelsea are in a rotten run of form at the minute, and the last thing they probably needed needed was uh, an away third round tie to uh, City, because I honestly think that um, your man there won't be there long. He was that sorry, Graham Potter. I don't think he'll be at Chelsea much longer, to be honest. I think if they start poorly when they come back off this World Cup winter break, whatever, and they don't pull off something in the first few weeks. I think they head into January and the panic buttons will start to be uh, called for. Because hitting has got his bag packed ready just in case. Just in case. Apparently he's out in the World Cup at the minute. So. <coughs> Can you imagine Gus Hiddink comes to the game for like a, was it a fourth spell in charge? I love Gus Hiddink though. He's been around forever in a day, hasn't he? He's almost yeah. as old as Father Time, that man. Uh, he is almost as old as you, mate. Nah, getting there. Not quite. <laughs> so, the other thing we thought we'd talk through then is... We'll have a talk through tomorrow's fixtures, Group A and Group B, because we thought now what we should do is just talk about the next round of fixtures for tomorrow because most of the groups now have got at least some sort of permutation that's going to fall for them. So yeah. let me give you the Group A fixtures tomorrow. Then. So we've got Ecuador against Senegal and Netherlands against Qatar. So the way Group A is sitting at the moment, Netherlands are top on four points. Ecuador is second on four points. Uh, I think it's on the head-heads, that's why they're second. Senegal are on three points, Qatar are on zero. So Qatar are out, they can't, they can't, qual- they can't qualify. But no. the other three can all qualify, depending on a mixture of results going their way, which is a bit of a surprise <sighs> to the Dutch, because you were expecting the Dutch. I mean, you would expect the Dutch just to wipe the floor with Qatar. And that would be, that'd be <coughs> the result. Yeah. But it's been such a um, funny tournament. Would it really surprise you if Qatar got a draw? Because it just feels like that sort of tournament at the moment. Yeah, no, I think the Dutch will batter them. I think the Dutch will um, they'll want to make a statement against Qatar. Uh, they want to get their, their tournament up and running. Um, ah, there we go. Fair plays by Ecuador a second. There we go. So, yeah. Ecuador, now Ecuador against uh, Senegal. So, Senegal have to win. Ecuador can get, Ecuador just need a point and they're through. Yeah, so, I don't think you can ever play football for a point. I don't no, think but you've got that safety net of knowing. I think yeah. play for a point only ever comes into the equation when there's like 15 to go and it's still level. I think that's when naturally the thought goes to the end of don't lose now. Yeah. It'd be a good game because from what I've seen of Ecuador, I like what I've seen. You can see why Moses Caicedo is um, a wanted man. He's been brilliant. But uh, the one for me that stood out for Ecuador. It's been Esputian, the left mm. back. Brighton had absolutely no qualms letting um, Cucurella go to Chelsea for a big fee. And they brought this kid in, Estupian, for I think, what was it, about seven, seven million they paid for him or something like that? Six and a half, something seven like million, something like something that. Something like that, yeah. What a player he is. He's got some engine on him. He's up and down that wing like no man's business. And he's been he's been really, really good. I've been impressed with Ecuador. I hope they go through. Um I think they'll be a tough, 
challenge for whoever finishes top of the England group. It's far from a given that mm. whoever tops that England group, because that group has been full of dross, you know, poor quality that I've seen, especially in the last game. The, set, the first game, England were good. They were clinical. Second game, God, they were awful. It was turgid, uh, wasn't it? Really turgid. I think last time England played Ecuador, I think I think it's beat them 1-0 in the yeah. I think it was 2002. But it was literally 1-0 and it was it was a dog of a game. It was such yeah. a Ecuador just always make it tough. You know. Yeah, I think look, I think the Dutch topped the group. Um Ecuador see, got second. I hope Ecuador gets second. But then again, you look at Senegal, Ishmael Asara has come to the party. He's been he's been pretty decent. And in Jeju as well, they've got um a striker, a big, powerful unit who can find a goal um, at international level. He's he's handy, you know. They do they desperately miss Sadio Mane, but look, mm. Sadio Mane is going to be missed by any team. Doesn't matter who he is; he's an absolute superstar. But uh, they're good at the back, but this Ecuador side won't fear him, and I think that'll be the game to watch for sure. You know, the three it's a three PM kickoff, which means I'm gonna miss I'll probably get the last half hour of that game when I get home. It's the better one for us because that's the one that's got that's got more riding on it. Yeah. You, yeah. Exp- you know, unless you flick over and it says, you know, ten minutes to go, Qatar is up against the Dutch, and you go, Jesus, where that's turn over. But realistically, that feels like the one that's um gonna go gonna go that way. I mean group B, uh we've got Iran versus USA and we've got Wales versus England. So where the group is sitting at the moment. England, I've got four points. Iran, I've got three. Uh, USA, I've got two. And Wales, I've got one. So Wales need to beat England by four and they need the other game to be a draw for them to go through. Yeah. England just need a point. Yeah. And Iran need a point and USA have USA have to win. Yeah. So, but you're stuck between the devil and deep. You see, whether you top the group, you finish second. You finish second in the group. Odds are you're gonna take. You're gonna be playing uh, the Dutch. Now the Dutch haven't been great, but I think this, as soon as Van Hal comes away from playing this back five, the better that it'll be. For I don't the think Dutch. he's going to. Is it? I think he's just. No, decided. I don't think he will. I think he's kind of wedded to it, which is a shame. And I think it'll. I think it'll um, scupper the Dutch going through. Maybe I think the Dutch could get knocked out in the. That sixteen because of this system, hmm. um, they can't get enough of the ball in the right areas of the pitch for long enough to be able to cut sides apart. Which, if they play the back four with attacking fullbacks, you do not need three centre backs with Virgil Van Dijk as one of them. No, you just don't. Uh, I think he looks uncomfortable as that middle centre back. He looks like he just wants to bundle one of these two centre-backs out of the way and just tell him to get forward and get out of his way. It just looks all kinds of wrong. It looks stupid. But Van Hal is just hes determined that this is the way he's going to go and he thinks that this is going to be enough to get him through and it'll get him through to the round of 16. But after that, they're in the lap of the gods because you look at any, if England finish second in that group, England will fancy their chances against that Dutch side playing a back five. And mm. if Dutch, if England top the group, whoever finishes second, be it Iran or USA, either side have enough pace to trouble that Dutch side, especially 
the US in the middle in the middle of the park. They've th- their three centre mids have been really busy and hard working. So I think the US probably go through. I think the US beat Iran, but Taremi has been good for them for Iran. They're um he's plays in the Portuguese league. I think he plays for Porto. Might yes, he does. Yeah, he plays for Porto. He's he's a good he's a good striker. He knows he knows his game. He knows he's comfortable in his skin. He knows exactly what he's doing. He, he can get a goal. But I'll be honest, the US have been pretty all right. You know, mm. probably not I'll clinical. Be, probably just a bit gun, a little bit shot shy. Yeah. But yeah, the question, the, the the interesting thing for tomorrow night is going to be a case of uh, how many changes does Southgate make? Because you're going to have to make some changes. You can't. The talk is the talk is Cal Walker's starting. What we don't know is is that as a back three or a back four. But I think he probably will match Wales up. Go three in, five in the in the Welsh system, and uh, he'll match match him up with a three five two. Mm. Wales will definitely go with a back five. Uh, they always go with a back five. They don't do anything different. That's how they play. Yeah, but, I mean they'll just push Shaw and trip it up as higher higher wing backs. I think yeah. he has. I think he might need to mix it up a little bit in midfield. Uh, if you say anyone surprised Henderson starts, I think Rice and Bellingham will definitely start. I think Mount's the one who might miss out. I think he's the one they've got to the question about. I wouldn't mind out. seeing Henderson starting, but Henderson next to Rice with Bellingham given a free roll. That's behind, what I was thinking. Yeah, behind Kane. Or behind Wilson. Because and they could say Trent and Henderson start. I'd be amazed if... I, do you know what? It would actually... No, it would make total sense that if um, you're playing Kyle Walker as your right-sided centre back in a three, that you would play tri- you play Trent as your right wing back. You play Shaw as your left wing back, and the substitutions that you make then would be trippier for Shaw, just to re- rest and rotate. Mm, possibly on that side. Trent is fresh and he hasn't played. And I think he'd be ideal to push on to Nico Williams if Nico plays on the as a left wing back. You could force Wales back into playing a back five, give Bellingham the freedom of the park to run amok and do what he does. Yeah, so we do three five, and there'd be a two up front. Which look, Kane will start because I think if he's only got one leg, he'll still start. Whether he should or not, if he's not hundred percent fit, but I think he'll start. Uh, and then the question then is, if it's two up front, who's, who goes with him? Is it is it Sterling? Is it Saka? Does Greenish get a start or? Phil Foden, who is not, who's barely featured, which I must say is a little surprising because he's on form. He's on form for City. I'm a little surprised he's not being picked as much, but he is naturally a conservative manager. So, mm. well, Ant is saying there that they're saying on Sky that Henderson would replace Bellingham. I mean, that'd be disappointing. Got- that'd be disappointing for Bellingham because he's a youngster. You've got to get, you've got to show a bit of faith in him. He was look, he wasn't great against USA, but to be honest. Don't forget anybody was for England, yeah. particularly great against USA. But that's so that's for a young player. It's not what they learn from is you were good against Iran, didn't quite work out for your USA, right? Learn from a subpar force by your standard and go there. Unless he's just protecting his legs. What you could do, if if you wanted to do that, okay, say so you play Henderson and Rice as you two, and just say you play two in front of them, one being say Grealish and the other being um Foden with Kane mm. as as your number nine and just have Grealish and Foden around Kane and just play a 3-4-3. Three, three. 
Yeah, could do. You could do that as well. If I mean, the thing is, it's all about getting through. That's all this, these games are. These group games are. It's just a way, you know, you get through the group. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. To be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing Grealish and Foden given just free roll. It just feels far too attacking for the uh, the manager England. Yeah, it, yeah, it does. To be honest, but so I mean, I don't you know. think if you're playing Wales that you need two holding midfielders. No, you wouldn't. Have, you would. You wouldn't have thought so because it's not really the need in the other no. games you watch them play. So, not when you, know, you look maybe... at the Welsh playing with Ramsey and playing with um, Bale. You know, and Gareth Bale's been tortured. Just you know, he's been absolute muck. Yeah, I mean, you know, Joe Allen when he came on against game on against the Rams actually looked all right, but he's not fit. You know, he's not played since August, early September time. He's just, um, you know, it's unfortunate for him, but he's just not not right. So. And then the other game, how you see? How are you seeing it for both games? Then so uh, Iran versus USA. I think I think the US win. Uh, I think it'll be a close game. I think maybe two one. Good look. Two one. You would think so. I think I think USA got a bit more. Fi- you think they've got a bit more firepower, but Iran have, Iran just showed a different different way against Wales. But again, I don't know if that was because Iran were really good or Wales were particularly poor. Because Wales actually look, obviously look better against the USA, but they were horrific. And also, the other thing for the Welsh is they don't—they've got no—they've uh, got no uh, Hennessy in goal. Yeah, I think this the third. Is, it, this being the third game, I think it's a real that, stretch uh, of the uh, squad. Yeah, it, it's physically. You got the likes of Ramsey, don't really generally play three games in a week. Bale doesn't play three games in a week. There's got to be a lot of tired legs in that in that uh, Wales squad on the hour. You know, they'll be fine for the first hour, maybe even for the first half, maybe for the first half, they'll be up for it and the adrenaline will carry them through a fair bit. But I think the legs, their legs will go. Uh, I think I could see England running out comfortable, maybe 3-4-1. Mm. Yeah. Can't I, remember. I, mean, I, watch, I watch the highlights tomorrow morning. Uh, yeah, on the watch his face, Mike, you know, he might get a goal on from a set piece or something. He's a big lump. You know, he can create yeah. stuff, but in general, I just think Wales are definitely looking at this tournament about they're glad they're there. You know, they got the hoodoo off their back. It's the first time they qualified since 1958. Their FIFA coefficient has gone up, so they'll be higher up in the coefficient for qualifying groups going forward. But in general, they look a side that are definitely trying to phase some of the older boys out and bring in some of the younger players through and they've got some decent young players to come through as well yeah yeah, yeah. so and Dico is definitely spot on the Iranian players have a lot more serious problems than football on their minds at the moment there is there is that political background so, which one of the going. bravest things I've seen in this World Cup so far was the first game where the Iranian the Iranian players didn't sing their national anthem Given the mm. fact that their families are at home and they don't know what's going on with them, I think that was one of the bravest things I've seen from any sports team ever. To be honest, it, it's got so off the scale brave. And part of me would love to see them go through just for that reason alone. I just think the US are going to be a bit too strong for them on the day. You would think so. On, on paper, you would think you would think the USA, the USA team, would, I think, have got more options to rotate. You would say, yeah. Um, so again, going, it's going to be a really good game. 
You know, I mean, we're, you got the Wales England game, and part of me would look at the US Iran game thinking that's probably the one to watch. But you know, when the both games are kicking off at the same time, that if there's goals in one game, they'll show them, they'll flash it up, or have, have yeah, it, you would think so, wouldn't they? It's one of those games where you need those two games is where you need that you know, the, the BT um, goal show. That's probably better. And the saying there, it. have I seen what happened to the Iranian players? No, I haven't seen anything new. Um, I seen. I was following a post for Omar Jalili posted something, um, a video of what's been happening in Iran recently, and it's scary. You know, we all know about the protests and what's happening over there at the moment, but what's happened in recent years in Iran where you know, not just hundreds, but thousands of people executed. You know, it's um, it's definitely, that's why I said it's the bravest thing I've ever seen Iranian players do. Crazy. Mm. Okay, okay. So, we did promise you all a way of giving, we're going to give away a beanie hat. So, when the show's over, not now, go into the comments section, uh, unless you're Tom Boland, because you can't do this. Um, you have to write in never a pen. So sorry, Tom, you said it's a pen, so you 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 won't be you'd never write this in the comment section. And what we'll do is we'll leave it up for twenty four hours, uh, and then uh, Gav, we'll Gavin and the guys will randomly select somebody from the comments who writes never a pen, and we'll contact and then yeah. we'll get in contact. No. With you and you'll get a you'll get a um, you'll get a bubble up for now. Yeah, right, and just to say, it's not in the live chat now. It's in the comment section when the show is finished. Jump into the comments section when the show's finished and just type in never a pen. That's all you got to yeah. do. So you go nice and easy and you get a, you get a free hat. You get, you get in with a chance of getting a nice woolly bobbly hat. There we go. What more can you want out of life? Well, right. Sorry, what's Tom, you're out, what's kid. Up? So <laughs> Bless him. Uh, go on, to, Tom. To... You throw your name in as well, so you have to under a pseudonym so we won't know it's you. <laughs> yeah, not Tom Boland. Not Free Tom, Tom Boland. Three Tom, Tom Boland one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alison, hashtag finish the show. Right, we're gonna do another, we're gonna do another two hour talk now, aren't we, Kev? Yeah. Just to really annoy No, you. we're not. I'm going. I'm going to bed, man. I am tired. No, I am tired. It's been a long day. Been up since seven o'clock, and I wouldn't have minded oh, if that game tonight was good. But it was absolute turgid. I, I said to you off, we said before the show, so I said, look at this game here, three to this, game, three to this. this is going to be shite the way I watch this. <laughs> it was proper turgid. Like, oh. It's like Spain German. I was expecting Spain German to be really good, and it just wasn't. Yeah. So, Well, listen, get your comments in at the end when we finish. We're finishing up now. So Yeah, we're going to finish up now. But yeah, listen, thanks for watching. Like and subscribe on your way out. And don't forget, once we end of the show, uh, put in the comments not a pen and in the next 24 hours you'll find out who's who's won a free trip as bobble hat can't be that can't be bad does it until then um keep your eye out on notifications hopefully we might have you having a show tomorrow as well until yeah. then take care oh he's done it again do you know what mate you gotta stop pressing these buttons you know <laughs> the do with me ah. <laughs> right we're definitely going now see you later Podcast Network.